Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the time together. As we want to study how to reach people and how to give Bible studies, we ask you that the Holy Spirit will be here and that he will teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. So yesterday, when you hear the introduction to this uh, seminar, I said that many people are active in church, but there are some people who never brought people to Christ. And my question, which I raised yesterday on stage, was, what brings people to Christ? Can you tell me? What is one, one word? Don't make sentences. What, what do you think brings people to Christ? What did you say? Friendship, trust, relationship, love, Holy Spirit, personal testimony. I can't hear you. Yes, they have to sense the need. What brings people to Christ? Anything else? Acceptance. What else? Anything else? So you mentioned quite a lot of things. If you pull all this, all this together, this is very good, I think. You know, um, before uh, this ASI meeting started, I had a Tuesday and Wednesday to look around in, the, in this uh, city. And uh, what I see, we are not so much into it in Europe, uh, but many in the States are quite into baseball. Is that right? Yes. So you can teach me a lot of things about baseball. Tell me, what is all about in baseball? In one, two words. Don't make a sentence. What is all about baseball? Home runs, you say? Okay. Run the bases. Say it again. <laughs> what is all about baseball? What is with my life left side? You're not a active yet so much. What is all about baseball? Tell me. I'm a European. I really play soccer and Tennis and hmm? hit it out of the park. Oh, yeah, sometimes they hit it far away. You know what I have been taught here in uh, Louisville? I want to show you that I was really impressed. It's all about baseball. What, did it, what is it? I'm sorry. Don't film now. This is very secret. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I want to show you um, by taking off this. If you think about Christianity and you think about how to give Bible studies, it's all about the it's all about the wood, right? It's all about the cross. So when I went to this museum, they showed us um, how they make from normal wood um, uh, this kind of sticks, and they showed us the history. And they even see for those people who are sitting here, you see the lines here, and they showed us you don't hit the ball here, you hit the ball here. Yeah, because it's stronger. So they make, they try to be very experts how to hit the ball best, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a totally lay person. I am not a pastor and I'm, I'm a lay person in baseball because I have no idea. But it was so interesting to listen that you are in the States experts how to make this wood. And uh, the players, which are very famous in TV, they told us they're coming here um, to Louisville. And they are looking to the woods. And they are collecting the wood. And only 10% would all of their making, they are making a lot of um, bets like this every day, um, only 10% goes to the best players. So they became specialized how to cut the wood, how to dry the wood, how to make it 
so that finally in the game the ball will be hit right and i like that so much because it's a beautiful example for us right if we become experts all about the wood right if we become experts about the cross i will tell you you will bring fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Isn't that amazing? You know, when I was translating Steve's wife, Karen Lewis, you might have heard about her. She is um, probably uh, the best student from Mark Finley. She was in Austria, and she was teaching my church how to give Bible studies. I think it was 10 years ago. And uh, she was talking, and she said, I was just translating, and she said, when our church studied more about Christ's righteousness, more about the cross, our church started to grow. And I was translating and needed to translate the next sentence, the next sentence, but I, I couldn't stop thinking about this one sentence because this is so interesting. So if you want to grow and your church want to grow and your youth group want to grow, I think... It's all about the wood. Yes, if you forget anything about this workshop, it's all about the wood. So today I want to give you several things. Um, uh, I will talk, would, talk, would like to talk with you about some history, not um, church history, about a bit of history, what I have learned um, the last couple of years. I'm 40 years uh, young now. So I started to give Bible studies when I was 15. I want to talk with you about principles, how to give Bible studies, and how to learn to give Bible studies. Because I'm sure um, if you improve how to do it, this will be amazing. I love this workshop. I, 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 I keep this workshop. One topic, if they invite me, I say, my topic is how to give Bible studies. And I love to share that with you because I'm so excited because I know if you come here, and you go home, some of you will start to give Bible studies. Not all, but some. And this is worth coming from Europe to the States. Amen? Okay, my history, and maybe you can learn here and there some principles also from the history. Um, I went to high school in Germany, and um, I was touched when I was 14. So God came into my life, and he asked me, if he exists. Because I wake up in the morning, I woke up in the morning and I say, does God exist? I didn't know. I asked my parents and they said, yes, I asked my friends. Not all 500 on the high school, but most of them I asked, they said, no, God doesn't exist. So I said, okay, if God exists, he is big enough, uh, mature enough to tell me. And I said, God, if you exist, show me. So that was my first prayer I prayed. And as I made experiences with God, as I was thinking, how will he reveal himself to me? Um, uh, there was one thought coming to my mind. And it's, the thought was, in the Bible. So I had a dog. Um, and when I had to go out with the dog, I put this Bible behind here. And I was going out with the dog. I let him run. And I was starting to read in John. And I have to tell you, uh, I have to confess to you, I didn't understand a lot. You might say, hey, John is so easy. You know, the Gospel of John, right? 
But if you are not aware of the Bible, if you don't know the Bible, if you want to reach secular people, you have to know this first principle. It's difficult. They don't understand anything. Even if they read one sentence and it sounds English, in my case, it sounds German, they say, can I read it again? I didn't understand anything. Have you made this experience? They read one word and they say, I have no clue, no idea. So I had to read it. But I tell you something, I didn't understand a lot of in John because it starts very interesting. But you know what? I felt a love which I never felt before. You know, my, my self-consciousness, I don't know, uh, or self-value, let's see, was like this. Myself, well, when I did something in sport, it was good. Yeah, good, no, good uh, grades in school. Yeah, it was good. Oh, made a mistake. You know, it was not so good. <laughs> you know that? So that was my kind of self-value, what I had. And uh, when God came to my life, I don't have another color here. So I use the same thing. It stabilized. But it was different than before. And you know, this is also a very, very interesting and important topic as you give Bible studies. It's not all about the knowledge. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes and touches one's heart and he feels the love of God, this is so amazing. You cannot explain that. This is so powerful. I, I remember later when I asked the pastor in the church, can you give me my, some Bible studies? And he met with me. Uh, I got some Bible studies. I was like a, uh, how do you say? We say gummy ball, like a jumping ball. Doing, 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 doing. I was so happy when I was going home. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. God loves me. So I think if you want to give Bible studies, as something, I ask God, please let me be a channel of love. Right? Let me be a channel of love. Right? Because otherwise, well, when can I not be a channel of love? Do you know that? What is hindering me to be a channel of love? Yeah, self can be it. What else? What did he say? Pride. I don't know. Maybe. Impatience. Impatience. Yeah, it even goes through. You know, I'm not always patient. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, um, uh, so one thing which hinders love to come through us is bitterness. If we are unforgiving, uh, uh, unforgiving against my parents or my brother, my sister, my brother in the church, a sister, whatever, my neighbor, my dog, whatever. I don't know, right? But something you get rid of because this is poison in your life is unforgiveness because this hinders that the, the, the channel of love comes through you this is another very important principle so um, when I got made a decision I got to know God I, I studied more I had thousands of questions about the Bible I was reading it I got some Bible studies I found some tapes at home uh, from Emilio Knechtle does anybody know Emilio Knechtle one, one person you and me we know him <laughs> yes um, uh, I found some tapes very old thing which you put into and you can listen to it and um, it was amazing it just touched my heart so I was listening to Emilio Knichtle and tears came I was 15 years old but tears came down when I listened to the Bible his preaching I was so touched and one day I knelt down I was 15 16 years old and I said God thank you that I could get to know you my life belongs to you everything my past, my present, my future. I give my life to you. Amen. 
And this was very, very special for me. Why, why am I telling you? Because you will see that this points, what I'm telling you, is very important, I believe, also for giving Bible studies. So when I was um, 15, oh, you're, that's good. If I hear any phone calls, uh, you have to make 10, how do you say, push-ups, right? <laughs> so after phone call, 10 push-ups. Um, uh, yes, we need to be sportive, right? <laughs> okay, so when I was 15, I had a strong desire in my heart to give Bible studies. But there was no seminar in church, and I didn't, only the pastor gave Bible studies. So I was very afraid to give Bible studies, not to offend anybody. And uh, I found some Bible studies somewhere hidden in the church. <laughs> and I took them very soundly, and I went out, and there was a big building, and I knocked at the doors, and I went from door to door. I had no idea what I'm doing, really. If I look back, <laughs> I say, what did I do then? You know, but... You can only learn if you practice, right? So I knocked at the doors and I asked them. I had some prayers. Nobody was interested in Bible studies. So I said, okay, this doesn't work uh, at that time. Now I get a bit better, so I, this does also work. But you know what? I had a desire to give Bible studies. And I said, oh, maybe some of my co colleagues, my friends in school. So I asked many people. Most of them said, no, I'm not interested. But there were some um, uh, Somebody came from China, somebody came from Italy, somebody came from Spain, and three people agreed to have some Bible studies with me. So we met and we had some Bible studies. I don't, want, I don't know what happened. Um, maybe they were not interested, maybe I was not consequent enough, but somehow it stopped and we never finished Bible studies. So when I went to study in university, I still had a big, 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 big desire in my heart. And I said, God, I would love to give Bible studies. Please give me one person, one, where I can start the Bible study and finish into baptism. Just one. Give me one, God. So I was the youth director for all the, all the uh, university um, students there, and we had... Also a school attached to the university and we had 150 kids there and we have youth leaders and youth groups and, and there was one guy, man, you cannot imagine how annoying, how do you say that in English? Annoying? Not anointed, annoying. <laughs> how annoying he was, you cannot imagine. Man, he just, his job was to annoy people, right? That's how you say it in English? Oh man, he found all these ways, hundreds of ways, to really go on your nerves. And then we sit together, we had a little council of the youth directors and youth leaders, and we said, what shall we do with this guy? And our meeting, final meeting um, statement was, we will pour out all our love we have on him. So that was a good decision, right? Sometimes in boards, you make different decisions, right? Hot decisions. But why not to make a decision how the whole board is pouring out all the love we have on one person? Whoo, do that and see what happens. So every time he came, we just put out our love to him, and he was he was really showered by love. And I was I tell you, I was so touched when he came to me one day and he said, Chris, could you give me Bible studies? I cannot tell you. This was like my heart was stopping for some seconds. Like, oh. You know, you know this feeling? Oh, this was so special. So what do we learn from this example? 
as you're sitting here, and maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you say, God, give me one, God. Give me one, right? There was just an, an, a movie right now. What's the name of it? Yes, he had a similar prayer, right? Just one more. And they agreed something that he, he rescued, kind of numbers, but probably more than they agreed. Um, uh, just one, right? Give me one. I want to ask you, as you came um, to the seminar, who wants to pray this prayer? Just one, God. Give me one, one person. One person. One person, God. So when um, he went into the water to get baptized, and I was standing there, this is probably one of, I can tell you, most exciting things next to marriage and birth of a child. Um, uh, but it's so special. The joy is different than the joy the Word gives you, right? You have some joy, maybe dancing or drinking or whatever, or horse riding or whatever. But this joy is the greatest joy. And somebody goes into the water and comes up again. So after I studied, um, I got a call to go to Switzerland. And people t said to me and said, Oh, Chris, don't go to Switzerland. You will not be successful. You know, they asked me to be a church planter in, in Switzerland. But is it about success? You know, is there any competition in God's vineyard? You know, sometimes I wonder. Um, but I don't think so. I think there are a lot of uh, ripe, um, fully sun grapes. And we just need to pick it up before it's too late, right? And so when they said to me, Chris, you will not be successful, I said, maybe. But I'm not going there because to have success, I'm going there to reach out to people. You know, I have two daughters, and one is 11 and one is 13. And my biggest desire as a father is that my two daughters will be in the kingdom of God one day. And not having them in the kingdom would be very terrible for me. Can you imagine how terrible is it for the Father in heaven not to have his children in the kingdom of God? So that's the reason I went to Switzerland. And when I came there, do you know Samuel Monnier? Nobody? He worked, you, you know him, Samuel Monnier? He worked in the general conference and he was a church planter originally from Switzerland. And when I came there, Samuel gave me 42 addresses. And he gave it to me. Yes. And he looked to my eyes. I know you're typing. Uh, my, I know, I know. And, but I need you. One second. I know, I know. <laughs> I, you're a good student. People take notes. It's a good student. But I need you. One second. And he, he looked into my eyes and he said, Chris, can you take care of these addresses? Man, I cannot say it like full of love. Samuel Monnier said it. You know, I was just melting because he was a senior pastor. I was very young. And he came to me and said, could you take care of these addresses? Oh, man, I was touched, you know. 42 addresses. I looked at it and said, this is gold. They went out for one week, two times, one and a half hour, and they collected 42 addresses who were spiritually open. Amen. That's an, it's in Europe, secular people. You know, that's very interesting. So I was, very, I was following up these people for three months. Often I went to the doors and there were nobody. I went to the doors and nobody and went to the doors and nobody. I went morning, afternoon, you know, all these times. 
But finally, after three months, I reached all of them. Somebody were just friends. Somebody said, oh, I'm not interested anymore. And somebody said, I would like to get Bible studies. So that was very interesting. Um, uh, what happened in these four years, God gave us 16 baptisms. We are very, very happy because every baptism is a gift of God. There was a young man in church, you know, on Friday evening he was dancing and making, going to the discotheques and I talked to the pastor and said, oh, pastor, how can be he a youth director? You know, I was, you know, <laughs> and he said, oh, Chris, be patient. <laughs> oh, I, it was very difficult for me. And he said, oh, pray for him. Even that was difficult for me, you know, to pray for him if he knows it better, you know. Sometimes we have this, yeah, you know that? Is it the same language in American or I don't know? Okay, that's good. <clears throat> and then, you know, I, I started somehow half-hearted to pray. Oh, I was so humbled. Two, three weeks later, this guy calls me on the phone. I was so humbled. And he says, Chris, can you give me Bible studies? Oh, God, what can you do? I was so touched. And the first Bible study, he decided for baptism. You know, often we think somebody needs to go through all the Bible studies and then he makes a decision. No, 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 no. Don't think like that. So when um, I went to Denmark, I was invited nine years ago to go to Denmark. Or eight years ago, it was 2011. And, um, you know, I'm sharing you these testimonies to take here and here some principles out of the stories and then we go more into the principles. But just to show you, that God is working. There are some things God is doing. When I went to uh, Denmark, the church asked me to take care of a little church. Um, I was there for 10 days in Denmark, 20 days in Austria. 10 days in Denmark, 20 days in Austria. So I was flying in, out, flying in, out for nine months. And the union asked me, and um, I told them, we can do evangelistic meetings. But they do it once and never again. And they said, why? I said, because it's 12 against 13. He said, Chris, what do you mean? I said, 12 church members against 13 church members. In a little church, only 25 people. They were fighting each other, you know. And it's very difficult to do evangelistic meetings in a situation like that. So I said, Chris, what do you suggest? I said, I have no idea. Maybe we should do one-by-one one evangelism. They said, Chris, what's, it? what's this? I said, I have no idea. So I started to visit people, going to the, to the church members and everybody who ever entered the room. And um, by God's grace, the first week, God gave us 13 Bible studies. So I went home very happy. I said, oh God, you're bigger than I thought. The first week, can it be that in your little church and friends around and whoever ever entered your church, there are some people open for Bible studies? Could it be? You know, um, when I went home, I could not give Bible studies, so I asked, can you give Bible studies? Can you give Bible studies? Can you give Bible studies? I know you can. <laughs> can you give Bible studies? Can you give Bible studies? And this is a good group. Can you give Bible studies? Everybody wants to give. Yo, my church didn't say that, everybody. Some said, like, you. <gasps> some said, yes. And some said, no. But I found some people, not many, sometimes I said, okay, here's the address. Here are two Bible study lessons, one for you and one for your candidate. And they went. Four weeks later, I came back again, and I said, how is your Bible study going? 
And I said, yes, no, good, whatever. And then we visited more, visited those who were trying to um, uh, stop Bible studies and to re-encourage those people. And you know what, what happened? And the second week, we got 24 Bible studies. So from 13 to 24, right? And every time I was there, God gave us more. And after nine months, we had 80, 80. Oh man, you are doing hard. Um, you need to stand. Nobody can sleep as they're standing. So 80 Bible study. That's amazing, isn't it? Amen. In nine months. With a little church. How many church members? Yes, 12 plus 13. 12 against 13. So I tell you something. We often talk about unity, 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 right? Oh, we cannot do evangelism work unless we don't have unity. But look at the Bible. Did they have unity in the paradise? Did they have unity in the Old Testament? Did they have unity before the cross? Did they have unity after the cross? Make a little jump after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you read Philippians, Corinthians, Ephesians, did they have unity? Huh? There was a very, 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 very short time of outpouring of the Spirit. They were all united, right? After that, they had, oh, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. You can read that already in Acts. So don't think in your mind, if you don't have unity, we cannot do evangelistic meetings. We, don't, we cannot give Bible studies. So what God did is, as we had 80 Bible studies, then we did an evangelistic meeting. How many people came to the evangelistic meeting? How many guests? What do you think? You say 40? You say 80? Well, how many people came? Not all of them came. Wouldn't be nice. Maybe 12, 30 members. <laughs> Hundred. In Copenhagen. How can this be? Because the Holy Spirit is working, yes. But look, there's one very important principle that I'm teaching you right now. If you want to do an evangelistic meeting and you only do, this is my flyer, by the way. That is my name and my email. If you only do flyers to the people, how many people will come? I was eating with um, David Ashrick and um, there's another Australian guy. What's his name? No. no. He's, he's specialized on Daniel. I don't remember his name. It was some years ago. I'm sorry. So this guy from Australia, very, very famous evangelist, in David Ashrick, and we had some breakfast together in, in uh, England, and I asked Jeff, Jeff Yulden. That's his name, Jeff Yulden. I asked Jeff. Does flyer work for you? He says, no. I asked David, does flyer work for you? He said, no. I asked Jeff, how do you do it? Bible studies. David, how are you doing it? Bible studies. Hey, we need what? Bible studies. If you want to do a public evangelistic meeting, you need Bible studies. That's why Mark and Tini of teaching, right? Before they're holding any evangelistic meetings, they go there a year before and they're doing, hey, Gabriel, nice you're here. <laughs> and, they're, and they're having, preparing the ground before the evangelistic meeting starts, right? So when we had this evangelistic meeting with the stage and everything, 100 people came, but it's not because of flyers. We invited all our Bible studies we had and they came. And they took 20 other people with them. That's, we had no flyers, maybe, maybe something like that. You know? So as we rethink here, it's very important visitation, right? Praying and, of course, giving Bible studies and preaching. So by God's glory, 
we could baptize 16 people in this nine months. And I don't baptize people uh, too fast. They need to be disciples. They need to be grounded in the truth. I will tell you later what I'm doing so that they really become disciples. And I said, all, all the other ones you can baptize later. You know, because it's not about the numbers. It's about discipleship. So when I went to Austria, and I want to tell you this numbers too, it took us much longer and it's much harder than Switzerland somehow and Denmark. Um, uh, we baptized maybe the last uh, 10 years 25 people. So praise God, right? But you see, sometimes you make it in a short time, more people, and sometimes uh, longer time, less people, right? And sometimes the pastor is against you, and sometimes the union conference is against you, and sometimes, you know, some church members are against you. This can all happen, and it makes you uh, take you more time, less, less results, right? But it's not about numbers. It's about what? People. So this is very important. When I went to Mark Finlay's evangelistic meeting in Hinsdale 10 years ago, and he taught me something beautiful. I could see that. You know what happened? Bible studies, evangelistic meetings. As the people came to the evangelistic meetings, Teeny Finlay was giving out long-distance courses. That's the third thing. And then they had baptism class. And they have been visited at home. So what, what do you see here in this principle? There are five times people receive what? The word of God, right? It's the Bible. It's Bible studies before the evangelism. It's evangelism, the word of God, right? It's the short distance courses. They get, they get it. They fill it out. They come again, fill it out again, right? They get baptism classes and they get visitation at home. So sometimes we think, oh, I give them one set and that's it, right? But it's more than this. So when I came to Austria, I said, oh man, God, how, how can I implant that to my ministry? So that I'm not only giving one set of Bible studies, but... I have a multitude of influence on this person and always the word of God comes to him in different form, right? Because you're going to lunch or to supper or dinner or breakfast, you don't want to eat always the same thing, right? You have different kind of varieties. And so what I did in my, my uh, ministry, um, I implanted one thing, liftingupjesus.net. You maybe know this website. This is uh, from Karen, Lifting Up Jesus. I, I personally, there are so many, and I, I tried several Bible study sets. There are many good ones, excellent ones. You can choose which fits best for you. I choose this because of one reason. When I gave Bible studies before, I knew this lesson. Um, I gave them Bible study number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 15, 20. Mm, you know what I mean? And the knowledge was growing. Every week they got one Bible study. But what happened is that the relationship was slowly growing, right? So what do we have? Knowledge, relationship. And what happens if this happens? I cannot lift up to the knowledge, right? And if I cannot up to lift up to the knowledge, what happens in my life? Pressure. I want to do it, but I can't do it. I want to do it, I can't do it, right? And then people are dropping off. and so, Oh, no, not this week. No, my son is sick. No, I don't have time after study. You know what I mean? 
So lifting up Jesus, what I discovered for myself, I gave Bible studies, is the gro growing relationship to Jesus. Every study is Jesus is in the focus. And if a problem comes, they are not going away from the knowledge of pressure. They are coming close to Jesus. You have to understand this principle so you can bring 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Another very, very important um, uh, lesson I want to teach you, even though the air is going away and you get tired. and Stand up, stand up, stand up. Um, uh, another very important lesson is, as you're teaching, and you want to give a Bible study, right? What I learned is, if you want to build a big building, as big as the building is, Radim can tell you more about that, as big as the building is, the better the foundation must be. Is that right? So, when we want to build up people into the kingdom of God, the foundation must be very solid, right? And what is the foundation? Jesus Christ, the Bible, what? It's love. So, it's the, it's the gospel. So, if you want to give Bible studies, you have to know the gospel. You have to know all about the what, right? That's, you have to study it. You have, this must be your blood. This must be your thinking. You must be an expert. Everything, you know. This must be everything for you. And how can you do that? To be an expert in the gospel. That sounds like in a Sabbath school. <laughs> but how? So, remembering the word you mean? That's not bad. Tell me more. Praying? Good. How can I be an expert? Say it again. Yes, making experiences. You know, there's a beautiful quotation. Alan White says, Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist should be well known to lift up Jesus. Right? So we must be the best experts on the gospel. But my question is, how? Yes, that would be nice, huh? <laughs> I'm trying to wait until those who are closed eyes are waking up. <laughs> Say it again. Yes, yes, if we're going to this direction, you know what I found for my life? It's a little book which helped me to understand the gospel and to become better in it. I don't want to say I'm a master or an expert in it, no. But it's all about the word. It's the little book, Steps to Christ. I suggest to you, if you want to give Bible studies... Know this book by heart. Know about the first chapter, what's in it. All about the love. It says love is revealed where? Yeah, you have read it once. That's good. <laughs> it says in the Bible. So when I give Bible studies, I'm not only talking about knowledge, but comes out it it's a revelation of love so and the second revelation is what my brother said it's nature hey if there are two revelations of love it's the bible and nature do you need the holy spirit to understand the bible do you need the holy spirit to understand the nature oh yes 
You know, if this is true books, God's revelation, we need the Holy Spirit for that. So I want to show you something, you know. As you come to the second chapter, and it says very interesting thing. For human beings, it's impossible. Human beings cannot. They are powerless. Three things. Powerless. Human beings cannot. Impossible. That's a fundamental, fundamental thing if you go to Bible studies. Because if you teach somebody and say, hey, you can do it, you can do it, you must believe, you can do it. You have not understood one of the principles human beings cannot, impossible, powerless. And the only source, the only power is Jesus Christ outside of me, which comes to me. So, you know, this is the second chapter of Steps to Christ. And then you go to the next chapter and you study it. You take one chapter, one week, you go on your knees, you study it every day, you fast, you pray, you think, and then you say, God, now I understand a bit of it. Now I want to experience this God. If I go out to nature, this will be maybe difficult in the city, but if I go out to the nature, I want to feel love. I want to experience love. If I read your Bible, God, I want to experience love. If you have promised it in chapter 1, I, I want to experience it, right? Because if I haven't experienced it, how can my Bible student experience it, right? Impossible. So that's very important. And then, you know, as we come to this point, as Jesus Christ is the power, and it goes about um, repentance, and it talks about um, dedication, Right? I need to translate all the time in my mind uh, from German to English. So as you come to dedication um, and you think about it and it says, how often have you promised God I will change my life? All your promises are built on? Man, there are some people around it, right? And you not even believe in yourself anymore. You have doubts in yourself. Have you made that experience? I made that too. And my Bible study candidate will make it too. And then it says, it's all about what? It's all about? If this doesn't work, what does work then? It's all about? She says in the little book, it's all about the willpower. And many Adventists say, oh, it's about the willpower, it's about the willpower, willpower. There is one sentence after that. Jesus takes over the willpower as you give it to him. It's not you. It's Jesus. So he becomes the pilot. He becomes the driver. And he will fly you into eternity. Amen? It's not me. It's not a pastor. It's Jesus. So as I'm teaching Bible study number one, Bible study number two, number three, number four, number five, these questions will come up all the time because people are confused. They heard something here. They heard something there. They want to try to find a way. And if I am not rooted in the gospel, can he? You know, that's why I suggest to you Steps to Christ, 13 lessons, 13 chapters, one chapter a week. Who will do it? Uh, there are some few people who will do it. So um, what I do, when I thought about how to implant that, what I learned from, from Mark Finlay, that he is giving Bible studies, evangelistic meetings, short distance courses, baptism classes, visitations. I said, how can I implant it to my ministry? I said, okay, I want to use Bible studies, lifting up Jesus. I want to study and implant steps to Christ to my studies. And the next thing is, as they come to study the Bible with you, 
usually once a week, right? For one hour. Don't give them too much. They never come again. I give them one hour. That's it. The more questions, that's good. I teach them during my Bible studies to read that on a daily basis. And because if they come once a week, it takes you forever that he makes a decision. But if he starts to read that every day, this really speeds up everything. But I have to ask you something. If you're not reading it every day, how can he read it every day? So you see, giving Bible studies is a discipline on us to be a disciple on the other one, right? And this is the hardest point for all pastors, for all Bible workers, for all church planters, conference presidents, and lay people as we are to have daily devotions, right? Oh, we're traveling on with this, it was stress, and with whatever, and the kids, and the guy, so many things. But this is life. And only if you want to give Bible study and you want to bring it forward, Spirit of Prophecy says, only life begets life. If I don't have life, spiritual life, I'm dead. Dead. And how long is manna living? <laughs> One day, unless it's Friday. You're lucky. <laughs> so if I'm reading the Bible today, I'm not reading it tomorrow, I am dead tomorrow, spiritually. You don't believe it, but it's like that. In my life, at least. You will probably see the same thing after three days. You are the old one as you have been before. <laughs> you know, when the parents uh, went to this big center, ESI center meeting, you know what I mean? They lost him. And it took them three days to find him again, right? It's very easy to lose Jesus, but that's our life, right? Manna for today is my life. So I have to say to God, please, God, I'm like a little bird. Give me spiritual food so that I can give it to somebody else, right? So this is very important. Um, uh, and as we do um, evangelism, now before we do evangelism, I give Bible studies to the people, and uh, I study for myself Steps to Christ very intensively. I give it to every Bible study. And then I also work, as I have teaching them, right the first or second lesson in my Bible studies, I teach them how to how to daily study the word, how to do it. It's not theory. It's not filling out the Sabbath school answers. How to go deep, how to become vivid. That would be another hour of workshop. Um, so, but as they understand how my personal worship, well, I want to have it, I want to have it, you know? This is the kind of thing. They have to feel it inside. And then I want to give them also books. Which books would you recommend for, as you give Bible studies that they are reading through the week? Which books would you recommend them? Oh, that sounds like a big choir. <laughs> thoughts, thoughts of Mount's Blessing, uh, Desire of Ages, Steps to Christ, Story of Redemption, Patriots and Prophets. Patriots and prophets. So there's a lot of many ways you can do it. I personally do it, started with Steps to Christ, and then I give them Desire of Ages. And then I give them Patriots and Prophets, Prophets and Kings. Even after I have finished the next book, right? Then they get Acts of Apostle, and then they get Great Controversy. So, and you will not imagine how fast they are reading. 
Many of them are faster than Adventists. <laughs> you know, they are longing for this bread and they want to eat more and that's so nice. And my suggestion to all my Bible study candidates, I say, please, 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 don't read it as a book. Every Bible verse, every Bible verse you are reading, open your own Bible and read it here. Why? Because they're not saying, Ellen White says, Ellen White says, Ellen White says, Ellen White says. But they say, the Bible says. You know? And they're getting to know the Bible. They're getting to know the Old Testament, the New Testament. They're getting to know Daniel and Revelation. You know, this will be so amazing experience. If you do the same thing for yourself, you will get to know the Bible you, so amazingly. I really tell you, this is so amazing. So when we have evangelistic meetings, and that's what we have, we invite whom to the evangelistic meetings? Bible studies. So one church said to me, hey, Chris, let's do an evangelistic meeting. I said, yes. I said, oh, we will have 100 guests. I said, no. I said, why not? I said, how many Bible studies do you have? I said, 13. I said, okay, we will have 13 guests. I said, oh, you don't, have, you don't have faith. I said, I have faith, but I can count. <laughs> you know, and of course... Um, we didn't have 100 Bible, uh, uh, guests coming. We only had those coming we had Bible studies with. So this is a very nice, good principle for your church, for your youth group, uh, for your home group as you're gathering together. If we want to do an evangelistic meeting, those people will come as we have uh, Bible studies. One church member from my church in Austria, she said, hey, I want to... She is from... Um, South America, and she said, oh, I want to invite a South American evangelist to have an evangelistic meeting in Linz, Austria. I said, oh, that's nice. How many Bible studies do you have? Do I need one? <laughs> I said, yes, let's, let's start with a Spanish group. And um, we started with a Spanish group, and then she had the evangelistic meeting um, with the evangelist coming. So when we have evangelistic meeting, I don't invite my Bible study candidates. They are not my guests. They are my workers. That's very important. So I say, can you do the technique? Can you do a welcome? Can you do the food? Can you, you know? They get all, all of them get jobs. Because I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for their friends and family members and those who them have relationships, right? So they think differently. And that's, that's amazing, you know? Because they're sitting inside and think, oh, hopefully this makes a decision. This. And we, of course, think, hopefully he makes a decision. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's very funny. And then as we have, um, um, as they decide for baptism or we want to prepare them because we set a, day, a date for the baptism, uh, they get a Bible study material from me, which is 60 Bible studies. So we already finished 30. They already finished the books and already an evangelistic meeting. They get a Bible study from 60 sets from Frank Breeden. It's an Australian guy. Very nice. I personally give it to them. They read it through that. And then we meet in baptism class and we talk about their questions. We go through the points. So you see, it's not only one thing. I repeat it. We have Bible studies lifting up Jesus. We have the books. We have the evangelistic meeting. We have a Bible study set of 60 sets. We have a baptism class. So you see, we are repeating what? The word of God. Do you have an English Bible here? This is a German one. Can you open for me Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 17? Romans chapter 10, 14 to 17. So where does faith come from? Yes, but where does it come from? The hearing is just a channel, right? It's from the word. 
So if you want to produce something in something in, in, in the life of somebody else, what, it, what does he need or she need? Yes, he needs that, right? Without that, there will be no faith. Faith doesn't come from you inside, right? Faith is something outside. If somebody says, I cannot believe, I say, welcome to the club. Because it's a gift coming outside to me. How? How did it start in my life, in your life? Through the word of God. So if I, ask, if I go to the street and ask you, hey, do you believe in God? And he says, no. How can he believe? You know, if I ask you, do you believe in the street and you would be not an Adventist, not a Christian, do you believe in God? He says, no. You know, how can I expect a good answer if he doesn't know? You know, if you ask me something about baseball, I have no idea. How can I give you an answer, right? Um, so this is very, very important principle. Um, uh, if you do cooking classes and, do you, and you do health things and all these things, everything is important to build up trust and relationship, right? This is like, many people are coming. But somehow, you need to implant the word of God into it. If you have a cooking class and you don't pray, no word of God, nothing can happen, right? Because banana will not bring somebody to Christ, right? <laughs> The power is in the word of God. So that's a very important principle for those who are taking notes. Uh, another principle we heard from Ted Wilson is Romans 15, verse 13. Who can read that for me? Romans 15, verse 13. So that's, we are in the last minutes of this workshop. As I told you, this will be the hardest one. You know, time is almost over. We have 20 minutes more, but this is hard because 45 minutes are over. and We're getting tired, right? But we have 20 minutes more to study some principle in the how-to. Romans 15, verse 13. What does it say? So, as Ted said yesterday, we are Gladventists, right? Not Sadventists, yeah? Um, uh, but look at that. There's another quotation, and when Jesus says, I don't call you, John 15, verse 15, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you what? Friends. So what is the difference between a friend and a servant? You know, Okay, I want to make it very simple. Uh, just imagine, Steve would be my servant, would be a nice servant. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thirsty, I would say, Steve, could you bring me water? And he runs, and he brings me water. But if Steve is my friend, I would say, let's go to drink together. Something, right? This is the, this is the difference between friendship and servantship. And many understand the big, great commission as a servantship. I must do it. I have to fulfill it. But it's a friendship. Jesus says, let's do it together. You know, um, it's nice to be together, right, with your wife, but to explore something, to go on a mountain or to a city or to travel, to do something together is much more interesting, isn't it? So this is what God wants to experience with you. He wants to give you peace and hope and to say, let's do something together. So as we understand um, uh, this principle, principle number one, is the power comes from the word of God. Second is, it's, it's the word of God which gives you hope and peace so that you can be a happy Adventist. Um, there's another principle. Just want to see here. We talked about that. Well, there's this too. Yeah, um, uh, so as we do Bible studies, you know there is a nice quotation, um, air represents prayer. 
right? As we breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, this will be like the prayer, right? So what is food representing? The word of God, right? We shall eat it, right? And there's a nice quotation, you cannot give if you don't have. But the quotation goes on. You know what it says? You don't get if you don't share. Hmm. So just imagine there's a church and they study for 20 years. Do they get more? No. If they don't share, they don't get. So what happens then if you only eat and eat and eat and eat and eat? Yeah. Right? In every direction, this body can be expanded. <laughs> so we have spiritual fat people in the church. Just imagine boom, 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 all these fat people, spiritual people coming to church on Sabbath. Um, you know? And the deacons and the pastor and the youth leader, and they are feeding the church to become more fat. Wow! We need sport clubs in our churches, spiritual sport clubs, right? But what is the spiritual sport club? What is the symbol of it? Hmm? It is Bible studies. It is sharing Christ. You know, you can read that in Steps to Christ. She says that. You know, as we do something for God, this is like sport for us. This is like movement for us. We need to do that. Otherwise, become spiritually fed. Look at this quotation. Let ministers, that we are ministers, right? Teach church members that in order to grow... They must carry the burden of leading souls into the truth. Those who are not fulfilling their responsibility should be visited, prayed for, and labored for. Oh, it's normal. I don't give Bible studies, right? No, it's not. It's normal I'm not sharing Christ. No, it's not. You need some help to uh, lift up weights again, right? There is a beautiful another principle I would like to give uh, you is about providential leading and providential meeting. Divine appointments. I believe in that. Oh, this is so amazing. Um, if you read John 5, verse 17 to 20, this is the basement. John 5, verse 17 to 20. Jesus says there, right, I can do nothing without the Father, only the, what he shows me that I can do. You know, if you work with the Holy Spirit, mission will be different. How can I teach you that? That's very difficult. Um, I believe... As I'm morning, as I stand up in the morning, I have my emotional life, do some sport, eat breakfast, and so on and so on. And that God in heaven is planning for the day. Last time when I went for seats, uh, I think it was North Carolina, and um, nobody picked me up from the airport. You know, that's strange, you know. They said they pick me up, nobody stands there, you know. <laughs> so you call them, you cannot reach them. Hmm. Office is closed. You email them. Hey, I'm standing at the airport. Can you pick me up? <laughs> no answer. Okay, I'm looking. For, uh, they told me some hotel. I'm calling the hotel and they said, oh, we don't have you here, um, but we will pick you up. Nice hotel. So I came to the hotel and they said, oh, Mr. Leonard, we are so sorry. We'll look through the books, but you're really not. You, have, you don't have a room here. I said, no. I said, no, but there's a second hotel. With, it's almost the same name. We will drive you there. Nice hotel. 
So they drove me there, and they said, oh, Mr. Leonard, we are so sorry, but you're not booked here. <laughs> so we will bring you back to the next hotel. Oh, very nice. So they bring me back again. And by finally calling and emailing, I said, well, Adventist Church calls up. Oh, Chris, you're in another hotel. I said, oh, thank you. And this first hotel brings me to the third hotel. And always the same driver. And we're driving like this, you know, I'm tired from Europe, you know, jet lag and so on. And I said, oh, where are you from? He says, from Bulgaria. I said, oh, Bulgaria? Which town? He says, Plovdiv. I said, Plovdiv? I've been very many times in Plovdiv. And I say, do you know Marlin, this guy with the wood stuff? He says, how do you know Marlin? <laughs> Can you imagine? This was a backsliding Adventist who didn't go to church anymore. And this is providential leading. And I can you tell you stories about stories about stories about stories. What God is doing when you work together with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was driving to Munich. And uh, I have some mission missionaries I'm coaching close to Munich. And uh, I wanted to go to Munich and then to Starnberg where the missionaries are. And somehow this was a little voice. Just a little, little, little. And then it says, go through Grunewald. And I said, Grunwald? It's not the same Grunwald you have here on the flyers. This is another Grunwald. There shall be a mission and health center for the future. Um, but it's another Grunwald in, in Germany, a very rich area. Only very rich people live there. And said, God, why should I go through Grunwald? Okay, I looked on my map and said, oh, this is possible. I can go through Grunwald to my missionaries. And I was driving after the roundabout. That's how you call it, right? After the roundabout, I went out and saw a Ferrari. That's an Italian car. Um, uh, in the tree. So I stopped, not on the tree, in the tree. <clears throat> and so I stopped my car. It was winter time. I went to this driver and said, I'm sorry, Lukash. I said, hey, my name is Chris Leonard. Um, can I help you? And he said, oh, no, I had an accident. But, you know, this, the, um, I called them already and they will come and, and help me. But I said, sir, um, your hands are so cold. It was winter time. You want to join into the car and sit with me here together? And uh, he said, yes. So he pulled up the windows. He came to my car and it was a bit warmer than his Ferrari. And we talk, started to talk. And then this guy who, who picks up the car came and he said, oh, nobody told me it's a Ferrari. We cannot pull it off. We need to, uh, wow. I need to go away. And I said, okay, okay, you do your job. I bring this gentleman home. Is it okay for you? He said, yes, okay. So I drove him home and said, oh, mister, would, would you like to come up to my uh, home there? Uh, onto my apartment. I said, I don't know. I'll come up. We can talk a bit. We can drink some wine. Oh, wine? Oh, I haven't drank wine for a long time, right? Um, no, no. I said, um, uh, I can come up, but I'm a water drinker, you know? So, <laughs> <clears throat> so we went out. We had a talk after two hours. I said goodbye to him. He said, hey, can we meet again? I said, we can meet again. So we went for lunch, maybe one, two months later. And we met again. And then he heard I'm also doing counseling and coaching. And he said, Chris, what is your suggestion to me? And here's this guy um, with 26 million worth. He is 80 years old. He has built up his company in Germany with um, uh, real estate. And he asked me, what do you suggest to me? I said, um, his first name. And I said, I don't know. He says, Chris, what do you suggest to me? I said, I don't know. So we, we ate together, and then we drive, we drove, very nice car. It was not the Ferrari, but also nice, very nice. And uh, in the car, he looks to me and says, Chris, what do you suggest to me? Third time. 
Oh man, I took all my courage together and I said, you know, before you die, I would suggest you to get to know Christ. And he looked to me and he said, Chris, can you give me a Bible? Oh, you know, that's fun to do mission work like that, right? It's not like, oh, I have to do mission work. You know, this, this providential leading, providential meeting is absolutely fun. You know, I, I, I love to share stories. Usually we have, um, for this uh, church planting events, we have um, quite a few of hours. So you have presentations, presentations with a lot of stories in it, you know, to get really motivated and to get a fire in you and to say, oh, this is so amazing. Uh, one story about the providential meeting is, I was in a seminar. It was not so big like that. It was um, 11 business people we had for one year a seminar we met six times a year together and uh, I was in the first seminar uh, the, the business guy was talking about business how to do it and I said God who is open from this 10 people 11 people who are sitting here and God impressed me that this man maybe like you would be open I said God nice he's open for you but what shall I say to him I have no idea the next break, he came to me, had a lot of questions about Bible and here, oh, I'm into it and so on. You know, this is also a very important principle. I didn't answer the, the questions. I don't answer it in the Bible studies. If they ask me questions, I don't answer. Because they answer, they ask questions which are much, much too difficult for them. You know, we are happy. Oh, I told them everything. I said, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I just give a little testimony about Jesus, how I got to know him. And then he had more questions. I said, oh, I have a beautiful book. You know, you can get to know your Bible better. You can read the Sire of Ages. Look up the Bible. And he did. He came to me. The next seminar, we met again two months later. He said, um, this is so amazing. Um, I have more questions to you. We talked a bit. I flew out to the States. And he wrote me a little text message. He said, Chris, I gave my life to Christ. Isn't it amazing? So this is the Holy Spirit working. And this is so amazing. So as you're fishing, please don't uh, look for sharks. Look for the fishes. Right? Look for this um, man of peace. Um, and your, your mission work will be just more inspiring. As we have six, seven minutes more to go and you are really good and fighting against uh, your tiredness after lunch, um, I was very happy as the Czech group invited me for pizza today and I got a pizza without cheese. I'm so happy because otherwise I'd be very tired now. So um, many people as they say, hey Chris, how can I find Bible studies is, is really this point. Um, I like training from Karen as she says, close your eyes and ask God who he reveals to you. Just do that for a few seconds. Close your eyes, have a little prayer for God. And, and let's see if there is somebody open. God, maybe show you a face, a picture, a street, a house, a name, I don't know. Um, let's join with me as I have a little prayer. Close your eyes. Let's see if God reveals to you something. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're guiding us through this workshop. And we ask you if there is somebody, a family member, somebody from work, our neighbors, relatives, somebody open for Bible studies right now. And if you want to reveal it to us, if we were the person who should give the gospel to him, we ask you to reveal the name, a face, a street, something. Give us an impression of our heart. We thank you for this, Jesus. Amen. I don't know if somebody had any name on his mind, face, anybody? Yes. So this happens oftentimes when Karen taught us this in, in our church. 
my sister-in-law saw five people, five people, a very short time now, right? Five people came up and she said, impossible. They will never agree to Bible studies, never. But she took courage together, all she had, and she asked all five people, you know what happened? All five people agreed to Bible studies. Isn't that amazing? Can it be that more people are open to Bible studies than we think? You know, this is a beautiful sentence Karen taught me. Where if you want to introduce Bible studies, I don't say, hey, Lukash, do you want to have Bible studies? I don't do that like this. Um, uh, I use Karen's sentence. I have a beautiful material which can deepen your faith in Christ. Would you like to study that with me? I repeat it so that we can repeat it. I have a beautiful material which can deepen your faith in Christ. Would you like to study that with me? Can you repeat that for me? Good. Very good. You know, I cannot tell you how many times, probably more than 100 times, I have asked this question to people. And more than 90% says yes. And maybe you say, hey, Chris, I was closing my eyes. I had no revelation of God. If somebody's open, maybe your television is broken. This can happen. But you know what? Do the same again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Do it every day. Say, God, is there anybody in my circle? Maybe it's your teacher. I don't know. Maybe it's your neighbor. I don't know. Maybe it's the, the friend you meet when you go for a walk with the dog, you know? But I tell you, God will reveal you and then put all the courage together and ask this person, what? Which can deepen your faith in Christ? Yes. Just ask this question and see what happens. So um, when I give Bible studies, I ask them, do you have any prayer request? You know, for example, there's a, there's a lady, she says, yeah, uh, my, cat, she, my cat didn't come home for, it's a white, beautiful cat, didn't come home for four days. So we pray for the white cat, right? You pray whatever they tell you. You know, this is so amazing. And God answers because God wants to give them not only knowledge, but to understand there's a living God who cares for them, right? So you will laugh as they share with you their prayer Request. They are very young. They don't know much about God and anything, you know. And then you ask them next week, hey, what about? And they're, oh, they're talking, and this is so interesting. So when I give Bible studies, I'm not preaching. I'm asking, asking questions. So, for example, let's say we are using, lifting up Jesus, whatever material you are choosing in. And this, this is number five. And Richard, you will be my Bible study candidate. And you have one and I have one. So you have one, one, one. So I say, oh, the topic for today is faith. What is it? Could you read the introduction? So he's reading it. And then I say, look, the first question says, how important is the experience of faith? Can you open Hebrew? Da, 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 da. So he reads it. I repeat the question. And then what do I do? I wait. And he answers. So as he answers, I'm not correcting him. That's my way of doing it. You say, oh, this is impossible, Chris. Oh, it's possible because I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just a human being, right? So I said, could you write down your answer? And he writes down. And you say, oh, Chris, this may be wrong. Let the Holy Spirit work. You know? And I ask the next question. I said, what can be understood concerning faith? Could you read, look, read Luke 17? And then who is reading? He is reading. I'm not reading it. 
um, as I opened the Bible with you guys, I was not reading it. I let always the people read it. So everything what they're doing is they are doing it. I'm just asking the question what is here, right? I'm not preaching. Maybe I'd share a little bit of testimony or a little story which comes to my mind, but that's it. At the end of the Bible study, do you know what I say? No, not goodbye. <laughs> not yet. You have to wait one minute more. <laughs> no, not yet. I asked him this very important question. I said, how did God speak to you in this Bible study? And I cannot tell you, it is certainly not from this man or woman. It comes directly from the throne whoop, to me. And I say, how did you, how did you study that? You know, this is so interesting. You know, because it's the Holy Spirit who is teaching them. You know, once um, I told you the Spanish group, they came together, Spanish guests, they invited them. I don't speak Spanish. I had some Latin. So they had their Spanish material. I had my German material. They were reading the notes. They were re I was reading the question. They were reading the discussing I was asking. I didn't understand. Maybe here there are some sentences. At the end, I said, how did God speak to you today? <laughs> It went for weeks and weeks and weeks. And God did, out of it, baptisms. I didn't understand anything. It was Spanish. But if I don't understand Spanish and give Bible studies, you can do it much more in English. Amen? I think it's time to go, right? It was such a pleasure for me to talk with you, to train you, and I hope to see you back. But please, write to me. And you say, Chris, I started a Bible study. Okay? Let's have a short prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. There's so many good things to study. Maybe some things we will remember. But one thing we don't want to forget, it's all about the wood. And we thank you. We thank you so much that you want to bring people to you through the word of God. And you want to use us. Oh God, we want to be so thankful as you're teaching us how to do it. We are not the best, but we want to become better. And we thank you for this, Jesus. In your name, amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.